Hey there, it's Laverne McKinnon. I'm a career coach and certified grief recovery specialist, and I'm happy to welcome you to the Moonshot Mentor Blogcast. I share stories, insights, and tools to help you achieve your dreams. And frequently, achieving your dreams means you're going to experience failures, mistakes, and face plants, which is why it's critical to mourn these losses so that you can get back on the horse and keep moving forward. I like to refer to this podcast as a blogcast because I'm reading my blog for those who prefer listening over reading. So sit back, relax, and let's dive into what I hope is some thought-provoking content. A lot of stuff has been coming up recently related to things that are out of my control, which is almost everything, right? I mean, how much do we truly control? Anyway, that's not the topic. The topic this week is how your identity is stopping you from achieving your goals. I'll be once again exposing my tender underbelly to bring this topic alive, and I'll also share four key takeaways on how your identity may be getting in your way. So the Writers Guild of America has gone on strike, and I absolutely stand with the WGA. However, no one knows how long the strike will last, so that means the movie I was working on is being pushed, the coaching groups and workshops I was planning for the fall are now on hold, and the low-key vacation that I was going to have with my family in August is on the back burner. Uncertainty is all around me, and I find it overwhelming because I'm not able to plan. I mean, I can plan, but I can't rely on those plans because there's not enough data to ascertain how reliable my plans can be. This is a conundrum. Planning is important because it makes me feel like I am competent and capable. I take pride in getting things done through strategic thinking, organization, high executive function, and execution. When my identity of being competent and capable is vulnerable, I will do what needs to be done to protect it, frequently to my own detriment. Here's an example of how having my identity threatened plays out and stops me from achieving my goals. As you may have heard or read, I'm co-hosting a three-day retreat, May 26th through the 28th, entitled Thriving After Job Loss. I'm super excited about the impact this retreat will have, and the response has been so positive because so many people are struggling with having been laid off, downsized, fired, or quietly quitting, no matter how recent or in the distant past the experience was. Part of my job co-hosting the retreat is to make personal invites and not just rely on social media to get the word out. Well, a gremlin voice popped up under the guise of protecting me and my identity. It said that if I sent those invites, I might be rejected. And being rejected bumps into my identity of being competent and capable. Now, I know intellectually that's not accurate, but I am a human being, so I listened to the gremlin voice instead of blowing past it. I folded the laundry, made a new to-do list, called my brother, and I did the zoomies with my dog, Rue. Is not sending the invites the end of the world? Absolutely not. It is the beginning of a slippery slope in which my desire to protect my identity gets in the way of making progress. I chose to fold laundry, make a new to-do list, call my brother, and do zoomies with Rue so that I could be competent and capable. I nailed it. I nailed folding the laundry. The new to-do list was perfection. My brother was delighted to hear from me, and Rue thinks I'm the bee's knees. Hard truth. I sidestep making personal invites because I might be rejected, and if I'm rejected, that means I am incompetent and incapable. So I chose to do things that didn't align with my goal of hosting a sold-out retreat, but it did protect my identity. Protecting your identity is an Achilles heel. I see this so frequently when people are looking for their next gig 
asking for help, networking, revising a resume, updating LinkedIn, searching for roles, writing cover letters, applying for jobs. It all bumps into most people's identity. I had one client who refused to adjust his resume after not landing any interviews despite applying for over a hundred jobs. He clung to an identity of, I know what's best. Eventually, he toyed with the idea of revamping his resume, but that's when the gremlins popped into his head. And this is what they said. Everyone has a different opinion on resumes. Stick to what you know. You'll have to change your LinkedIn profile, and that's a pain in the ass. You've already sent so many resumes out, it will be weird to change it. What will people think? So my client listened to the gremlin and didn't revise his resume. Remember, the gremlin's goal is to keep you small and stop you from meeting your potential. And they show up when you're onto something really big. So that's a good sign. You're onto something big. Don't listen to the gremlin. Here's the thing. My client was scared of losing his identity of, I know what's best. It was easier for him to listen to the gremlin than risk learning he doesn't know what's best. Here are a few more examples of what gremlins say and how they work to keep you stuck in clinging to an identity that may not be serving you. You're not good enough, says the gremlin, encouraging you to stop applying to jobs. The identity that is being protected is, I am better than everyone else. If I apply to jobs and don't hear back or get rejected, then I am better than everyone else must not be true. So it's smarter to stop applying to jobs than learn I'm not better. Truth. You are good enough, not better. Your resume or application process, however, may not be as good as it could be. Here's another one. No one wants to hear from you, says the gremlin, encouraging you to not reach out to pitch yourself, a project, or gather information. The identity that is being protected is, I am desirable. If you reach out and get ghosted, then that means you're not desirable. So it's better to just not reach out than learn that you're not desirable. Truth. You're not for everyone. And if someone doesn't respond to you or your project, then they're not your people or it's not the right match. Final example. There are too many applicants, says the gremlin, encouraging you to not apply to your dream job. The identity that is being protected is, I am unique and special. If I don't hear back, then I'm not standing out amongst the applicants, which means I am not unique. So it's better to not apply for my dream job rather than learn I'm average. Truth. You are special and you are also average. According to Zipia.com, it takes 21 to 80 job applications to get a job offer. The average corporate job opening receives 250 applicants. Hard, hard truth. You have to kiss a lot of toads to find your prince. Hard, hard, hard truth. Your resume or interviewing skills may not showcase your uniqueness. Bottom line, don't let your identity stop you from achieving your goals. My I know it's best client finally changed up his resume after 150 applications. He recognized through data and feedback that his resume didn't tell a compelling story of his career journey. The new resume helped significantly and he's now been interviewing. To close the loop on my experience with the Thriving After Job Loss Retreat, I was able to course correct and send out personal invites by choosing to live my life purpose of helping people across their finish lines. I know how much folks are suffering because of job loss and I'm confident that the retreat will help them. Not going to lie though, it was hard and I had to break down the task over several days. Each time I had to consciously choose a value to honor, integrity, curiosity, compassion. What also emerged is that my struggle mirrored the struggle many people are having in deciding to enroll in the retreat. 
Several people have shared with me in one-on-one conversations that they want to attend, but are scared it would reveal that they are not thriving or that they're in pain from their job loss or they're struggling to find a way forward. So they would rather cling to the identity of being successful, happy, achieving versus getting support to truly move forward. And sadly, they remain stuck. I get it. I struggle with all this and I've shared that as well. There are many ways to work through feeling stuck. For today, let's say your identity is in the way. Here are four key takeaways. One, when you are not living up to your identity, you feel shitty about yourself. Clinging to an identity opens the door for self-hatred and gremlins. Two, as humans, we will do everything we can to protect our identities because they give us a sense of safety and security. We will even go so far as to lower the bar on ourselves so we can be, quote unquote, that person. Remember how I did the laundry, made a new to-do list, called my brother and played with the dog? Those are all productive and fun things to do, and they didn't get me closer to my goal. Three, it's typical to over-index on your identity, leading to a deficit in other areas of your life. For example, I am so tied to being competent and capable that I forget to have fun and relax. Four, your identity is not the whole picture of who you are. It's simply a way for you to feel safe and secure by knowing how you fit in the world. So my question for you today to wrap up today's blogcast is, what's your identity and how is it getting in the way of meeting your potential? I'd love to hear your thoughts. So please drop me a comment. You can also visit me at moonshotmentor.com or follow me on social media at Moonshot Mentor on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you enjoy what you hear, I would so appreciate if you could subscribe to my blogcast. It would help me achieve my moonshot of 5,000 subscribers. Thank you so much for tuning in.